This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. All right, welcome back to another great episode of Reclaiming Families. We are very excited about this new series that we're going to lead into. That's right. But before we get into that series, we just want to remind you to go to your social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook, and follow us. Give us a like. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give us a five-star rating if you'd like, but please share this podcast because this series, I really do believe, is one that you are going to want to listen to and one that you're going to want to share with a lot of other people as well. We're excited about it. We've been encouraged by the episodes that we've already recorded, and we really do think that this is um, a series that will serve your family, that will help grow and um, strengthen your family if you take the time to um, invest and listen in this and then apply some of the little um, golden nuggets that we find. In this episode, we want to just give a quick little definition of warm homes. We've been talking about what it looks like to have a warm home, and um, this is the first uh, episode of quite a few episodes, and so uh, we've talked a little bit about what it is to, to have a warm home, but we also recognize that different people may define warm home differently, and so today what we want to do is give the definition that we are kind of operating off of. And to be honest, our definition of warm homes has even probably progressed as we have talked with some of the people and interviewed some of the people, recorded some of the podcasts. And um, the reason that we are doing this is because we ourselves want to know what it looks like to build a warm home. How do we have this warm environment within our homes And we know that as a society, many families struggle with this as well. It's so easy for us to um, go in the day-ins and day-outs of life not really being thoughtful, not really trying to um, cultivate an atmosphere of relational warmth within our families. And so it's something that we really do want to, um, to have ourselves as well as encourage others to have. You know, just the other day I was talking to a friend and she was saying, man, like, I wish so badly that I could look at some of these families that are have adult children and still have good relationships with their parents and just sit down the parents and ask them what it is that they did. Like, how do they do this parenting? And essentially, that's what this series is. We have um, asked some parents, we've asked some children who are now, I guess, adults, Um, what their home life was like growing up, and um, that is what this you have to look forward to in this series. Yeah, it started out as kind of like, um, for our own marriage, we were just interviewing people that we knew that had warm homes, and uh, privately, we would just call them on the phone and we would ask them. But, you know, it turned into a, you know, we should really put this on a podcast, because it's not just us trying to figure this out, it's... There's a lot of people trying to figure this out. And so 
it's uh, it's our joy to put on the podcast and to learn it ourselves and walk right along beside you and share what we've been learning. And so, uh, really, so the question that we're answering today is, what is a, a warm home? And honestly, over the next several weeks, we're hoping that this question gets answered more and more and more. But if there were a few things that we would say, hey, over the next couple of weeks, look out for these qualities. That's right. That is what we're going to describe um, in the next, you know, 20 to 30 minutes is what we are saying a warm home is. After all, we are the people who chose the the couples and the families That's right. That's to right. come on. And so... We are going to define warm home for you today. And this is kind of the definition, or maybe not the definition, but the qualities that we're operating off of moving forward. And so, you know, we recognize that there is no perfect family. That's right. And, you know, so I know everybody we talk to, they're always like, look, I don't know why you're calling us to interview us about our family um, we are not a perfect family. Not like, everybody has responded, but everybody many, has said we're not a perfect family. That's right. We're, They've we're recognized flawed. flaws. And, uh, and so we understand that. We understand that there are no perfect families, but there are families that really have embraced the responsibility to steward their children, to um, lead them, to be intentional and in instilling their values in them. And they've done a really good job. And uh, so we're trying to figure out what did you do to build this warm home environment, to build these great children? And we recognize, too, that it's God's grace that unless God reveals himself to our children, our children are going to worship other gods. They're going to worship something. And uh, and so it's really by, by God's grace that God would reveal himself and they would worship him and they would put their life in submission to him. And then everything would would begin to fall into place as God has designed it, and there would be this warm home environment. That's what we truly believe. And yeah. so, um, so yeah, we understand that, but we also understand too that um, God uses parents to form children, mm-hmm. and that's the responsibility that He has given us. It's His design, and it's His design. So uh, we have the pattern, we have the design. Uh, the question is, how do we how do we get there to it? And uh, that's what we're looking at. And so the first thing that we think. Um, a warm home is embodied by um, is probably going to be there's going to be some intentionality yeah. to creating it. It doesn't just a warm home doesn't just simply fall into your lap. Um, I mean, probably there's warm moments <laughs> that fall into your lap. Like I, I feel like we had a a warm family moment. Just you know, putting our girl down, putting our little one down for bed. That. It fell into our lap, (laughs) but at the same time, most of the time, or not most of the time, but for the long-term trajectory of warmth, there has to be some goals. There has to be some intentionality and thoughtfulness that go into it, and that's kind of the operating principle that we're going off of as we describe these other qualities. Would you say that's a good way to say that? I would. I would. I would say that there's, there's some intentionality like homes aren't just these. Uh, let's just do whatever we want and then end up being a great environment. Yeah, you know, I think it takes some intentionality to build them. And so we're looking to hey, what do parents intentionally do? Um, 
And so the another characteristic we believe of warm homes, and, and this is actually the easiest one, the one that we can all want but might be elusive, is a, a home that's loving, mm-hmm. right, and accepting. Um, siblings that love siblings, parents that love kids, kids that love parents. And, yeah, I started thinking, like, you know, don't we all love love? You know, don't we all don't we all want that? And uh, and so we found some, you know, some children that are now men and women now that love each other and they're close family and and they're close enough to they share their struggles and um, they celebrate together and they uh, they stay in constant communication with each other and they love their siblings and they love their parents. They um, they're appreciative. They respect them. And and so it's like this. Um, this environment where, where these children and these parents that everybody loves each other and they operate out of this principle of love. Um, I spoke to about there was this home where uh, they had eight children. I remember I went to it and it was this like fun, loving environment that I was just like, you know, this is awesome. I would love to have eight children now uh, while I was there. And, and uh, but yeah, so a home that's loving of each other. And so. along with loving, we we also say acceptance, you know. The acceptance piece is, and it, it, we're going to talk about emotional safety here next, but it's just a safe place to fail where you know that in your failures you are still accepted. And so whether that be, you know, if there is, um, some kind of like it could be a failure like a sports team and it's like oh mom I didn't do this right it could be like a moral failure where you know like okay I can still I'm still accepted at home you know I cannot do anything to make my mom and dad love me any more or any less in that um, being because the parents kind of set that standard there's also it starts to set the culture of all of the kids, you know, where, oh, I'm loved so much, I can love so much. I'm accepted, I can accept. And so um, it also is the same thing. Like we have seen, I mean, if you know any family that has a child with a disability, oftentimes um, I've heard families with children that have disabilities say, that their children, their their other children, are so much more loving and accepting because of that sibling. And it's the same idea of just that acceptance and the joy in being a part of whatever family that is. But something that goes along with acceptance is also emotional safety. And I would say that that kind of comes with a child knowing that they can discuss difficult topics with their parents or um, free of judgment. So it's this idea of openness. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's very that can be very challenging. But we have we do know some some families that really like it's incredible the things they talk about around the dinner table mm-hmm. and uh, and just how open they are and and they really want to. Uh, dive into these deep um, conversations about, um, like for example, there you know a uh, second or third grader. I can't remember how old she was. 
at the time, but coming home and being like, mom, what is, people in my class are gay. What does that mean? And the parents not being afraid to speak into it, speak into right. it in the moment. And so this is like a dinnertime topic between some parents and their elementary school aged kids because ultimately the, the kids were curious about it in that moment. And as I was talking to this other mom, she was just saying, well, I knew if I didn't answer it right then that they're getting like quick and smart enough to be able to go and figure it out from somebody else. And so these parents just had the conviction that, yeah, they weren't going to back down from difficult conversations just because it made them feel uncomfortable. And then I think too, like, you know, just hormonal changes in your body and, uh, to not shy away from any of those conversations and, and, uh, you know, what, uh, so it's just in puberty to, um, you know, I, I don't know, but I imagine this family's probably talking about, um, you know, some degree of, of married life and, and having sex. And, and it's, it's just a sense of like, there's just probably nothing off the table. Um, and they're very, they're very, there's a lot of safety. Um, and I think the, the right amount of privacy and respect. That's what I was going to say. Like that but, emotional uh, safety gives the net to be able to. That's right. To say what's helpful for the children to understand and know, but also the safety is there to not share too much, that's too right. young. That's right. And that sort yeah, of thing. It too. is place. And so, but that's what that's what we want to look for is is not, not I, I, you know not a home where mom and dad would shut a child down and say no 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 we're not going to talk about any of that or there's there's times to do that but but there's there's also hey you're learning you're, you're being cultivated. You can ask us anything, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we might choose not to talk about it, but you, it's, there's definitely an open environment that's safe to bring it up. And so um, so that's one. And then next is a home of respect and authority. And what that really means is just a home that has um, boundaries, and those boundaries are respected by the children. There's a certain level of mutual respect between the parents and children and the the parents to the children and the children to the parents. So it's not this demand for respect because I'm your mother or I'm your father, but it is this respect that is um, based in love and also the fact that, yeah, there is a role difference that's there. And so setting boundaries and having loving discipline is very important for a loving home. And I would say that that's where this idea of warm home starts to get a little bit blurry because in the moment, discipline does not feel warm. That's right. You know, you've had to just make a correction. Um, You've had to to sit a kid in timeout or give a spanking or something like that. However, you know, you do discipline in your home. And so in that moment with a, a crying kid or a... He's not happy. That's right. Yeah. You know, um, like a silent treatment from a teenager. Like it does not feel good. It does not feel warm. But discipline is how, in setting those boundaries, is kind of how our... Our, our kids know the lines. Like, what am I trying to say here? Yeah, you're, you're trying to say, 
you know, you're kind of getting into the weeds of that's probably what they do behind the scenes, the intentional um, actions that parents take to produce a warm home. And, uh, and which I think you're right. Yeah. And, and even like the freedom that comes within boundaries. So, you know, we always have that idea of when we hear about discipline or when we hear about rules where, you know, if there was a gate around a backyard and um, beyond the gate was a, a dangerous road or train tracks or something like that. And so that gate serves as the boundaries. That's right. And so for the child to have boundaries means that everything within the gate is free game to have fun and um, enjoy and take delight in and play. And so for a child to know their boundaries gives them freedom. And freedom brings a warm I think a lot of warmth, yeah. environment. That's right. And so... And I think, too, when, when I think... Uh, I, I love to see when a child respects their parents and their parents operate in a respectful manner toward the children. And, uh, and, and so it's like, you know, when, when a child is told to do something and they obey, um, and they, 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 you know, it might not be like very, like I'm pumped to obey, but it's like they, they, they do gladly obey. And there's a sense of, Hey, listen, I respect you. You've told me to do this and I will do it. And I don't know, there's something warm about that. This sense of, of this respect between parents and children and, and then also between siblings where, hey, I'm not going to steal your toy or I'm not going to do this because I respect you and we will share kindly. And, and I don't know, I, there's this warmth there that when I see that happen, it's like, wow, that is so good. Mm -hmm. I want to always be around people who are always respectful. In in one of the interviews that we have coming up, we won't spoil it, but just something that you can can look for is just how some of these kids respected their parents for the discipline that they gave That's where, right. you know, they uh, repeatedly said we never felt like we were being unjustly punished. We never felt like we were being unloved in our discipline. We always knew, one, we deserved it, and two, our parents loved us in the discipline. And so I think that it's just so important for parents to remember that discipline and boundaries helps create a warm home. So um, we can move on from that and go on to, and this one is definitely controversial outside of, the, the church, but um, really, what does it take to have a warm home? A home where there is male headship and um, like the nurturing side of a mother. So we see biblical complementarianism played out in the homes. And this is off the cuff, but something, an observation that I, I, I think that this is probably one of the most lacking qualities of a warm home or of homes that are not warm. Um, I mean, how often do you see kind of, I hate to say it, but how often do you see moms trying to lead every area of their home? You know, it's mom that is making decisions for their kids. It's mom that's making um, disciplined decisions and it just doesn't work 
There's some the lacking. It's lacking. Yeah, it's I mean, lacking. It, it can work, but it's not the best case scenario. And it's not best case scenario because it's not God's design. Yeah, I think it's like I haven't seen too many homes where I walk into it and it's a great warm environment, but dad is um, not engaged. Right. You know what I mean, like dad is, dad is not the leader of the home. He's... Um, when it comes to direction and setting the standards for the home, it's all mom. I'm just thinking, you know, there's something, there's something not right about this home. There's something not, it just doesn't meet that warmth of my heart that says, that's what I want for my family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because it is all pressures on mom. And it seems like dad has, um, has taken, he's, he's not taking his responsibility that God has given him seriously. And it's, it's lacking. I think there's an ungodliness to it. And, and therefore, it's not it's not as warm. Yeah, and so there's two aspects that when we when we look at the biblical complementarianism um, that we want to focus in on, one is the marriage piece, and one is the parenting piece. And so when we look at the marriage side of things, um, healthy marriages build warm homes, and yeah. You know, even in secular science, um, they would say that that um, children do better when they are in a home with a lo- with a, a male and female caregiver. You know, secular science isn't going to say married mom and dad, but when you have a male and a female caregiver who love each other, so that aspect of the two adult caregivers, the mom and the dad loving each other is very important for the attachment and the the, the children feeling safe. And so that means for us as believers um, that, you know, God God has a design and it was seen in Eden that there would be uh, a one man and one woman in marriage for a lifetime, building up the family together. That's where Children are raised and reared, and um, that is the best design. And kids feel safe when they see their parents' marriage thrive. Yeah. And so I can even remember, you know, as, as many of you know, um, if you've listened to our shows, my parents are divorced now. But I can remember being young and enjoying whenever I saw my parents like flirt together or kind of pick on each other in a fun loving way. And we, I mean, this was a movie, but it just reminded me of it where I guess these parents had been fighting some and then the, the two sons over saw their mom and dad like really close to each other talking at one point. Yeah. And then another point in the movie, they saw their parents praying together. And both times, the older son like brought the younger brother to see it and was like, See, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Like they're, they're doing okay. Yeah. And I, I think that that was just, I mean, I'm sure it was intentionally portrayed in the movie. The movie's called Overcomer. You can check it out. It's really good. Yeah. It's a pure flicks. I wasn't going to say that because, but um, it's a pure flicks. And I forget the brothers. Who the brothers? The Ken- Kendrick The Kendrick brothers. brothers right. Yeah. yeah so. We enjoyed it. We did. Well, Randy really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a good bit too, but. That's neither here than I. All right. All right. Anyways, Randy thought it was a tearjerker. I think I fell asleep. But 
it the whole point is is that they kind of painted this picture of you know when the kids saw the relational warmth of their parents they felt safe they knew it was going to be okay that's right and so that's not to say that parents are never going to fight in front of their children um, but even just giving those words as hey mom and dad are always going to love each other they're like always till the end we're always going to be there together um we even listened to a comedian i wish we could know his name we might have mentioned him in our valentine's day episode i don't think we did but we might have but he even joked a lot about but he he was being serious too about uh how he made sure that his kids knew their place and how the kids knew his wife's place and just like, hey, you guys are going to be up and out of here. But like me and your mom, we're still in it together. And, and always being a team together. Always being consistent with each other. So having the marriage looked at as a... Um, what am I? A vital aspect of a warm home. Yeah, it is a vital aspect. And um, to invest in your marriage is to invest in your family. Um, to have a date night with your spouse and your kids to know like mom and dad are going out because they love each other to let mom and dad have a conversation without being interrupted by your kids might feel like, Oh, my kids don't think I'm valued, but it does more good to invest in your marriage and let them see that that's priority and let them feel the safety of that. than it does to give 100% of attention to the children all the time. And so to sum it up, we're saying that, you know, warm homes that we spot, it's like we, we love to see, it just feels right when mom and dad love each other. And uh, and the couples that we've interviewed, it's really been incredible how they might cry together or they praise each other so much that they are just delighted to be married to one another and, and to have the responsibility of raising children or to have raised children. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a hallmark of a warm home is a, is a healthy marriage. Yeah. And we do want to give a caveat, just knowing that we live in a broken world where, um, something happens and, and, you know, there's various reasons why parents are single and things like that. And just because you don't have a partner to do biblical complementarianism with, does not mean that you're doomed to never have a warm home. And so there's actually a woman that I would love to have on the podcast. She might be a little too famous for us, but she uh, speaks about this a good bit in her own podcast. So if you want to ever check out the Monica Klein show, if that's you, she was a single mom for several years um, before getting married. And she speaks into that topic. Um, it's not her number one topic, but she certainly speaks into that. So if that's you, we would encourage you to check out that, um, and just how she was striving for, um, a biblical home, how to raise her children or her, her, her son, um, in this environment while being single. So, um, our hearts, do go out to single moms and dads who, for whatever reason, do not have the partner in family that um, that you know the Lord designed us to have. Yeah, and while we're on topic too, you know, it's wild how warm homes. This idea of creating a warm home, 
I guarantee you a lot of people are going to listen to this and say, how did I do as a parent? Like we're always trying to figure out how did I do? Was, was I a failure? Was I, or not, maybe not all of us, but many of us are saying, did I fail at parenting? Did I let you down? And, and that's not what we're after. Right. But, but it is condemning too. It's kind of like, Hey, there was some things that you could do. You should have done. You maybe didn't convicting, do. convicting, not condemning. Um, yeah. Convicting is probably the word, but, uh, uh, but it's also challenging. And, yeah, we were talking the other day of like, yeah, how the gospel is the aroma of life, but to some people it's the aroma of death. And I think these warm homes are kind of the same thing. It's that it's such a beautiful atmosphere. It's kind of, it's the aroma of life for those who value it and want it. But at the same time, people who have been broken, come from broken homes and haven't experienced it and want to experience it, but but just haven't or... Or just outside of Christ and and want the end result right. without putting in the work, especially the the biblically based work. <laughs> yeah, the, it might be the aroma of death where you hate this idea of these great homes because it's outside of your grasp. Or there's also the people that thought they you know they've done it well, and their kids are still wayward. Yeah, that's right, and so. There is a lot of emotions around this idea, and uh, and so, but we're still just saying, hey, here's the ideal, and so this is what we strive for. And if you didn't meet it, that's where the gospel comes, and God is gracious to you. He He receives sinners and failures and those who didn't hit the mark, and and that's the beauty of the gospel. And so, it's uh, you know, it this is not your identity, mm-hmm. but uh, it still is the ideal that we are going to strive for. That's good. Um, but I guess moving forward beyond our little caveat there, um, but we do want you to know like, Hey, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so it gives us the freedom to, um, be sorrowful before the Lord and, and, you know, lament. And it also gives us freedom to repent as well. But moving past that, we just talked about, um, male headship and biblical complementarianism and, letting kids see marriage and we also want to talk about the parenting aspect about how moms and dads have different roles in parenting and so just wanted to look at really quickly first Thessalonians 2 7 through 12 this is not a verse this is this is not a chunk of scripture on parenting this is actually um Paul talking about him and how how they were acted towards the Thessalonians. Um, it's, it's again, not talking about parenting, but they use the description of a mother and a father. And we just want to pick out some of the qualities that it says is a mother and some that says is a father to, to give that, um, description. Yeah. And so I'll read it real quick. It's, uh, first Thessalonians two, seven through 12. Paul says, but we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. And so, it just in the first paragraph, uh, there's more. Well, I'll finish. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil, we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you, while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses and God also, 
How holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how like a father with his children, we exhorted each of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And so you see there's the picture of a nursing mother taking care of her own children. She is affectionate. She's desirous. She's ready to share all areas of life. And as moms, um, especially if your children are biological children, you've literally shared all areas of life, like the most intimate areas of life you have given over to your children. And it's like, it, it didn't even feel, I mean, it is a sacrifice, but at the, the same degree, it's like a sacrifice entered into joyfully because of that affectionate desire. And so you just have this idea of um, a loving mom ready to embrace and share and give um, in this picture. And then it turns over to the father. Yeah, but the father is is also loving, right? But he's in also way. exhorting and encouraging. And there's a sense of growth and redemption that is being fostered. And he talks about being holy and righteous and blameless. Um, and so, but he's calling his children higher mm-hmm. um, to, a, to a high ideal of who they should be. And he's exhorting them there. You know, it's not like he's saying... Oh yeah, you just be yourself as you are. I accept you. Like he is accepting and loving, but yet there's a sense of redemption and growth that is um, there as well. And so I like the word it says that he he charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. Like that's that right. that charge is on like where you get like the I'm the calling you to warm wigglies with mommy. You get like the all right, son, listen to me right here. This is what you're gonna do with dad. That's right. And both are needed. And it's so funny. We're talking to some other parents of toddlers today. And it's like, and, and we have the same struggle in our house where it's just like, man, our little girl will take advantage of me so quickly. It's like she knows she can get away with more with me. Um, you know, simply changing a diaper. She's going to be twisting and turning or um, you know, taking her clothes off to go to bath. She's going to be trying to throw a tantrum a little bit more. But dad comes in and just tells her what she's going to do, and she does it. And so it's not only that we're supposed to be playing these roles, but it's almost like there's something in our children like that they know the design and how it's supposed to go too. Not that children are supposed to be disrespectful to their moms. The Bible says not to be, in fact. Yeah, I think there's something like I mean, there's definitely sin that's there, but you can just see how they respond to the mom and dad. That's right. I might not have described that well, but... I think you did. I think you did. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of like our... Yeah, that's a pattern for a warm home right there. Mm -hmm. And uh, these different elements. And, And so the last... Or the second to last um, characteristic of a warm home that we want to see, that we we see in warm homes, that we value, is, is this idea of a home of fun and laughter. Yeah. Right? A fun home. If kids aren't having fun, loving, spending time with each other, then I do not consider it a warm home. Or, or parents you know, with children. And, uh, you know, if dad doesn't want to hang out with the kids... 
I don't call it a warm home. If mom and dad, they despise their children, it's not warm. Um, but if everybody's having fun, playing, laughing, enjoying one another. It won't always be like that, but there definitely needs to be moments of that. Yeah, yeah. Home. Like that, that home of eight kids that I keep thinking back to. Like, I'm pretty sure the, half the kids were out playing laser tag, running around the yard. And, and I mean, I remember a kid got hurt. And then mom knew the cry. She's like, yeah, that's a, that's a. Hurt my feeling. Or, uh, I hurt my leg cry. Or I hurt my feelings cry. It's not like I'm actually hurt. And she just let it be. And, uh, let the kids work it out. Let the kids work it out. And, uh, but there's a sense of like, you know, kids were just having a ball, you know. And, uh, and I like to see it. I like to see kids play. Um, I like to play myself. There's also a level of celebrating each other. Like. Um, my brother's victory is my victory. My sister's victory is yeah. my victory. That's right. Um, celebrating each other, being excited to celebrate um, each other's birthdays. Um, and, you know, kids are kids, and they, there's obviously going to be some jealousy and things like that at different times. But overall, an environment, especially as they grow older, that enjoys celebrating. And, I, I mean, this isn't fun and laughter, but I would also say that grieves alongside of one another, too, when there is um, something sad that is taking place. So, fun, laughter, playing games, enjoying each other. And probably with that, I would say making memories, having traditions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Family vacations. Oh. All <laughs> elements <laughs> of warmth. So, my wife likes to go on about four or five vacations a year. And oh, well, I like to go on one vacation about every five or ten. Before I got married, I did go on vacations like four or five times a year. That's right. But um, but basically, it's this idea of like these these are the values that we call warmth that make up a warm home. And yeah, you know, it's it's this Should idea. Should we repeat of, them again, just in case people well, forgot them? Yeah, let me sum it up though. Okay, it's it's just this idea of God's design for a home. That's that's what that's what we believe is, and it's God's design applied and lived out. Um, not only in the parents, but in the children. And so, yeah, recap, uh, a warm home is a home of love and acceptance to us, a home of emotional safety, of respect and authority, a home where there is male headship and biblical complementarianism. Complementarism. I should have been the one to say that That's word. right. And uh, oh, a home of fun and laughter. Yeah. So, and with those things, and a home of healthy marriages, yeah, which I guess is kind of the complementary. Right. I put it under that at least. That's right. Um, and again, we know that we will all fail in all of these areas, and that's, that's right. where we have to believe that Jesus is so good to us. And if we even do them all right, then it's not a guarantee one plus one equals two in this. But overall, this is about stewarding our families well and for God's glory. And if you want a warm home, this is a great place to start. That's right. So this next series, we really do. We're excited about it. We think that it is going to be one that you're not going to want to miss. So um, especially these next few episodes, we would say share it, share it, share it, because there is going to be loads of golden nuggets all over the place. We'll give you a little bit of a preview. Um, next week, we're going to have Jim and Janice Dooley coming on. Um, they're going to be talking about raising their five children, um, and we it, it's 
it was a great interview. We were so excited about it. The following week, we have four of their five kids who are now all adults um, on talking about what their experience was like. And it was pretty neat to see um, a lot of the th- same things being described. That's right. They but from the, That's right. the parents' perspective to the kids' perspective, there were some things that like you know came up with the kids that didn't come up with the parents and. Um, it was it, it's it's just it was a neat interview. Yeah, you'll it, love it. You'll yeah. love it. So you do not want to miss that. So go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so it comes right to your phone because it's a good one. That's right. All right. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.